such a tiny offering compared to Calvary, but nevertheless, we lay it at your feet, and all that is within me cries. some tough times but we're still standing it's only because of him that we're still standing without him we're helpless we're hopeless you hear brother Branham you hear him pause he said now you're, 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 you're taking your time you're pausing for something he said that's right I'm waiting on him I'm waiting on him because without him I'm helpless and I'm hopeless now if brother Branham would say that how about you and I tonight if he don't come tonight, this is just another protractive meeting where we get to see one another, where it's very nice to see each and every one of you. But tonight is about him. Tonight is about a conference with God and you. Are you willing to have that kind of conference tonight to allow the Holy Ghost to speak to your lives? Amen. Amen. We're just thankful to be here. This week is a very special week to us as a church and to the Spencer family. This, this past week marked 12 years since Dad and Matthew's accident in the fire. And I am here to announce that we're still standing. Amen. Amen. We thank the Lord for his mercy and his grace upon our lives. And, and we want to be praying for our pastor as he is there in Canada at Brother Kelly Hildebrandt's meetings that God would use him in a very special way. They are asking for 
old-fashioned revival to break out. And so I, I pray as our pastor would speak tonight that God would use him as an instrument and speak through him and, and may such an outpouring of the Holy Ghost go to those meetings there. That same Holy Ghost is here tonight. That same, same Holy Ghost is, <clears throat> is needed for family there in Arkansas this, this week. Uh, we want to be remembering the Reynolds family there from Brother Mike Price's church, a very fine family, just a, just a picture of God's grace and uh, a tragic accident that took their, their daughter, 16-year-old daughter, Cherith Reynolds, home this week, and her sister, Chloe, was in the car, so we want to continue to pray for her. Last I heard that she was doing okay, but we know that there's nothing that we can't even imagine that pain. We can't imagine that pain. I as, a, I as a father, I cannot imagine that pain. And so we want to ask that God would comfort their hearts. He is the God of all comfort and the God of all peace. And we just want that God to go by their way and minister to them. And you never know when, when it's your time to go. And that one of the brothers sent a quote this week, Brother Barnum, when he was preaching Garnett Peak's funeral and I and the resurrection and the life. And he said, when God, he said, when you're making a bouquet, he said, sometimes you don't take fully bloomed flowers, sometimes you take buds. And he was saying about Garnett Peak that he took a bud this time. He took a bud this time for his bouquet when, when he took Sister Cherith. And we never know when, we, when it's our time to leave, but we want to be ready. And even in being ready, we want to make sure. This, this is a great awareness for young people. If you've got some little rift between you or you've got something going on, you make those things right. Life is so short. Life is so, it's, it can be so complicated sometimes. Don't let the small things stand in front of the big things. We want everything right on this side of the river. Amen. How many here has a need that you'd like to take before the Lord this evening? Amen. I believe God sees every one of your hands. As we pray this evening, as we go for the word, let's take the Reynolds family on our heart and our pastor there, that God would do special things for the Reynolds family and may show up and encourage their hearts. I know that I know that Brother Mike Price, they're so blessed to have him as a pastor. We pray that God would use Brother Mike to minister to that family and that whole community, I'm sure, is hurting you know, when one part of the body hurts, if one hurts, we're all hurting. And so we just want to pray for comfort for that family. As the musicians who play this evening, let's hold these needs before a faithful high priest. Jesus, that name speaks peace to storms. That name is a comfort in a time of, in a time of trouble. Jesus, I pray that you would go to every single heart this evening. Lord, you see every uplifted hand here, Father, and below that hand is a heart that's asking that you would move, that you would intercede, that you would touch. Lord, we pray as a body of believers here at Full Gospel Lighthouse, we, uh, we unite our faith tonight and our prayers as a full body here, asking, Father, that you would minister to the Reynolds family. Lord, Brother, Brother Joe, just a fine brother in Christ, a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would help him and Sister Mandy and the children there. Lord, I pray that such, a, such an encouragement would come to their hearts. 
Lord, we know that this is not the end, but we know that, that we have a peace in, in knowing you tonight. And we would ask, Father, that you would just do the work that only you could do. For our pastor there in Canada, Lord, that would be ready here at any moment to go and take the pulpit and speak tonight. I would ask that the, the unction of the Holy Ghost would use the man of God to speak directly to those needs. Lord, we go for that last one. We're fishing. Lord, I heard Brother Branham say this week, we're going to fish until the last one comes in. Father, that's why we're behind this pulpit tonight. Is here. We're here fishing tonight. We're here fishing until the last call. And Father, we know that that day is approaching. We want to make our hearts right tonight. We want to make every little rift and every little anything that would hold us back, Father, at all. Lord, from totally worshiping you, Lord, we ask that you would come and cleanse our hearts. May the blood of Jesus Christ be applied to our heart's door this evening. Lord, I pray that you would use the man of God tonight as he would speak. Lord, I stand here feeling like a high priest, Lord, carrying in the burdens of the people. Lord, there's so many needs that have been brought before you tonight. And I am walking into the holies of holies carrying these needs, Lord. I, I carry Brother Seth Hinkle's name in, into that Shekinah glory this evening. I, I pray that, that you do the work. You see the need. You see the, you see the aspect of the need. And I pray that, that you would come on the scene and do what you can only do. I pray that you would just move amongst us tonight. Lord, you said where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are. Now, Father, we believe, Lord Jesus, that there's one greater than us standing in this building. Lord, I pray that the mighty angel would speak tonight. Lord, I pray that you would use these lips of clay tonight. Lord, I pray that you would have access to every heart here. Minister to each and every one of our lives tonight. We ask these things tonight in your holy name. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We sing that song in the presence of Jehovah as we get ready if you want to turn to your Bibles this evening to Matthew chapter 9 and verse 18 we just want you to be very conscious tonight that, that he's amongst us do you believe that tonight you're standing in his presence oh in the presence
chapter 9 and verse 18. Amen. Thank you, musicians. Amen. What a wonderful day to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Tonight I'd like to speak to you thought, maybe depending on how the Lord leads us this evening, we speak to you this weekend on this thought, on the moment, the moment of the miraculous, the moment of the miraculous, Matthew chapter 9 and verse 18, while he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him saying, my daughter is even now, we would say this moment is even now, this moment, dead. But come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. And she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose, and the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. Amen. May God bless his word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're reading here out of the gospel of St. Matthew. And as we have read this evening, we can read this in several different accounts reading of Matthew over in Matthew chapter 9 and then also in Mark chapter 5 and Luke chapter 8. Usually when when you hear that reading, you'll read it from Mark chapter. You're most acquainted with the, the reading of Mark chapter 5 and where Jesus walks in. But here, here the writer, Matthew, he puts you as, as you the reader. He automatically puts you into a spot where you can where you can, you can view from his point of view that here, here the, the daughter of the ruler was now dead. And so now you're automatically captivated by the writer's writing here that, that Jairus, his daughter, however you say Jairus or Jairus, however you choose to say it, but his daughter was, his daughter was now dead at this moment and we are looking into a spot in, in Jairus' life where, where he is in a spot or a moment of, of agony. And there's, as we have read this evening, there's many different moments that we have read over. There's moments of agony. There's, there's moments of pain and moments of desperation. And then there's, when you look at the woman with the blood issue, that there's a moment of perseverance, a moment of desperation, a moment of determination. And then we see that there is a moment, uh, there's moments of the miraculous. 
And that's where we want to deal with tonight on, on the moment of the miraculous. And we as sons and daughters of God, and I trust that that is your, that is your speech tonight, that that is your testimony and your confession that you are a son of God and a daughter of God but there's been many times in your life that that you know that there are certain moments of miraculous that have taken place maybe nobody else understands your moment but you had that moment where you know that it was only you and God in the building and maybe maybe the building was filled with 500 people but it was your moment you were living and you were having a conference with a living God and he was speaking directly to you and maybe you were pressing through a crowd of 500 just to get to the hem of his garment but 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 yet you chose to reach out in that moment and touch the hem of his garment while he was passing by your faith reach out and touch him and we believe that the bible tells us that he's the same yesterday today and forever and and if he is the same, that means that we can reach out and touch him tonight. Maybe, maybe we're not looking for him in the same form, but we know that he's here because his word said that he would be here. He told us that, that he'd never leave us, that he'd never forsake us, and he would be even in us to the end of the world. And I'd say that sometimes, you know, we come to church, many times we come to church, maybe sometimes it's out of tradition, but I trust that's not your confession. But you come out to church to draw strength from God. You, you come to church for, because you have a need in your life. You come to church because you recognize that you need to be free, refilled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. and You need, you need to get filled up with the nutriment, nutrients to, to change this body and and to, to, to put on this uh, to put on a body of incorruption you, you come to church and you're looking for that moment of the miraculous I'd say there's sometimes that we go to the house of God and we feel like nobody, like nothing is coming by our way and sometimes we're expecting, we come to church and we're expecting God to move and sometimes we come to church just because the rest of the family came to church but, and you know sometimes we, we walk in the house of God and we walk right in and maybe maybe it's just like another service and maybe the song leader's going through the motions and you're sitting there and yet you're clapping your hands and you're lifting, you're lifting your hand, and, and yet you're doing that, and you're you're fighting through Laodicea. You you just came off the work week, and you're battling in your mind just to get something out of service. And maybe it looked like you wasn't going to have a breakthrough, but all of a sudden there came a rushing mighty wind, and in that moment it was like a miracle took place. It was like nobody, you look around and nobody else has got their hands up or nobody else is screaming or nobody else is clapping their hands or nobody else is feeling what you're feeling. But it was your moment. I wonder if there's anybody in the house of God tonight that's ever had a moment like that that they, that they realized that there was more than a man that was speaking to them. There was more than a man that was operating. There was more than a man that was using a microphone. There was more than a man that was, that was speaking to hearts. I believe that, that this, as Christians, these are the moments that we live for. You know, we don't always go around. We're not. We're taught that, that that a weak and idolatrous generation seeks after signs, but we're not here looking or seeking after miracles or asking after miracles. But we know that God gives miracles. We know that God is a miracle worker, so we can look for miracles. 
And you know, Brother Branham would say, he said, many times you see people that's happy and rejoicing and full of the Spirit of God where divine healings and powers and wonders and miracles are performed. And they say it's hypnotism. They say it's this, that, or the other, but if you'll recognize, if you only read the Bible, you'll see it's the Lord Jesus. You just don't recognize him. You just don't realize who it is. How many times, how many people have walked in here, maybe you brought somebody in, you were witnessing to them, and the very first time they walked into service and, and we had one of those Holy Ghost breakout service where everybody was screaming and you were sitting there thinking, oh my, I invited them on the wrong night. But you know God has a way of working everything out just perfectly. You see, you think you've got it in control where you've got these moments figured out. Well, I'll invite them on Sunday night or Saturday night when a certain preacher's preaching. But you know, God has the ability to take a vessel of God and, and go down a certain course and, and speak directly to their address. If anybody can believe that God can do that, we certainly should be able to believe as, as sons and daughters of God and believers of the message that God could take a human instrument and take them down a course and go to an address and call out names and call out diseases and call out sicknesses and tell what you were thinking this past week. The Bible tells us that the word of God is quick and it's discerning the thoughts of and the intents of the heart. Now surely, surely we ought to be able to believe that tonight after seeing the Son of Man manifesting himself time and time and time again. But that was not only for Brother Branham's day. That is still alive in the ministry today. Come on somebody, you may play a tape and Brother Branham may not call your name but if you're sitting under live ministry tonight, I'd say that God if you pull on that gift of God tonight, God is so able to take me off of my fault and come to your heart and you can have a moment of the miraculous. Now Webster gives us the definition of moment and that word moment is derived from the word momentum. It signifies to move, to rush, to drive or fall suddenly which sense gives that of force, the sense of an instant of time. It is from falling or rushing. The, it also, it means the an indivisible part of time. It means it cannot be divided. That moment cannot be divided. It cannot be cut in two. And the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 and 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment that cannot be divided. In a moment that cannot be, it cannot be tore apart. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. You talking about moments of miraculous. There's been moments where we knew that the Son of Man was calling our name. But on that resurrection morning, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, it cannot be divided. It cannot be tore apart. In that moment, the miraculous will take place and this body shall put on incorruption. That's the moment that we're living for as believers tonight. Come on, somebody. I'm not looking for 2020, the next president. I'm looking in 2019 for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to step forth in a moment. 
this moment, may it be next moment, whatever it may be, let's be looking for the coming of the king. A moment is a force. It's an impulsive power. It is the importance of an influence or effect. And we all, as Christians, have been a part of moments of the miraculous. I was awoken earlier this week from my, from my sleep. And when I came to myself at 4.15 on Tuesday morning, I, actually, I awoke myself and I was speaking as if I was speaking to a congregation and I heard my voice speaking. God is allowing certain things to happen in moments like these, in seasons to bring about a healing and a miracle. God has allowed certain things to transpire so that you come to this moment of the miraculous. There's been certain things that have added up in your life that have brought you to this spot. There's been things that have transpired. Maybe you went down dark roads or maybe you went through, a, went through dark trials or went through this, that, or the other. But you see those moments were culminating for a breakthrough. You know that there's been certain things that have happened in your life that you simply cannot explain. That you would have to say that was the Lord. Is that right? Yesterday evening, my I and Brother Matthew had planned to go out to see Sister Irene late, late, later in the evening, but we just got in a truck and left. And when we got there, we pulled right in front of Brother Seth that was sitting there having a kidney stone attack. What put me there in that moment? None other than Jesus Christ. You think God doesn't care? This is a mighty God. This is a God who is the I am. The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He wants to show up in your life for a moment of the miraculous. Hallelujah. There's certain things that you can't explain. There's certain things that you just know that that was a miracle. Now the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11, now faith is, not faith will be, but faith is. It's a substance. It's, it's a reality. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You see, even when you don't see a miracle happening, your faith is the substance. Your faith is the evidence that a miracle is taking place or, or healing is transpiring in your life. Your faith tells you, even when you don't feel like worshiping Him, your faith tells you to worship Him. God is worship. Is that right? Are we in a, in a complete agreement tonight that God is worship? He is the object of worship. Even when you don't feel like worshiping Him, your faith tells you that there's power in worshiping God. Even when you don't see the promise, your faith says there is a promise. Even when you don't feel like any, like you're getting any better, your faith says you are getting better. Even when the doctor says the results ain't looking good, when he says the cancer may be coming back, or that your depression is going to stay there all of your life, even when you don't see him working, he's working. Faith is the evidence that the healing and the miracle is on the way. 
You remember, you'll recall Brother Branham as he's teaching them, teaching us on faith. You'll hear him talk about, you hear him talk about seeing that white shirt. He knows that it's a white shirt, even though we don't see it. He'll tell you, you'll hear him talk about now, I've got an old Barlow knife in my pocket here. He said, now, he said, I can't feel it and I can't smell it. I can't see it, but I know that it's there. He said, now, if I would have left it on, if I would have left it on my dresser back there when I changed my clothes, he said, faith would put it in my pocket because God is able to do that when you believe him with all of your heart. He said, now, I know that that chokes you, but if you truly believe with all of your heart and faith in God, it'll put it in your pocket. There's sometimes that there's absolutely no physical evidence for you to believe God. There ain't a single evidence in the physical or the scientific realm that we should worship God or believe in God. But yet standing here is a people that choose to believe that there is a God and worth believing in. You can't see God. You can't feel God. You can't touch God. But something tells you that he's here. What tells you that he's here? It's not because I say he's here. It's not because the song leader says he's here. It's because his word said he's here. Either God's word is right or it's not. I simply to take this, I simply choose to take the absolute all the way. Woo! Back up, Satan. Romans 10 and 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Is that right? Brother Branham, you hear Brother Branham. They say, well, people say, I want to see a vision. He said, every time you open this book, it's a vision to you. Do you believe that tonight? I've heard people say, well, I ain't heard God talk to me in a long time. When's the last time you read your Bible? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 4, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In the dunamis of God, that your faith should not rest in my intellects, that your faith should not stand in my wisdom, but your faith should stand in the power of God. So Paul was telling us here that the power of God would attend the display of truth everywhere and would be a demonstration that would be irresistible that the power was not originated by man, but the power was originated from glory. This word dunamis in the Greek, it means strength and power and ability. It's the power of performing miracles. Jesus would teach us in his prayer in Matthew chapter 6 and 13 when he was telling us how to pray. He said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the dunamis and the glory forever. Amen. For thine is the kingdom and the dynamite. 
that blows Satan right out of your path. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. He is saying that all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. But look at Luke chapter 10 and 19. He says, behold, I give unto you power. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We know that all power is in him tonight and the power to perform miracles is in him tonight. But he says, behold, I give unto you power. Hallelujah. We are a people who have seen the mighty works of God. We've seen the demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. And when miracles are performed or something is done, it changes the people's hearts and their attitudes towards Christ. But yet, after all that we've seen, after all that we've seen manifested in this day, they're still unbelievers. There is still a people who try to say that the days of miracles are past. And I will agree with those unbelievers that are past for them. Because the promise was not unto unbelievers, the promise was to believers. It may be past for some people, but as for me and my house, I have seen him as a miracle worker. You come to tell me that God does undo miracles, you're too late. You come to tell me that God don't heal no more. Too late. You come to tell me that God can't provide for my financial needs. You're too late. You come to tell me that God doesn't pour out His Spirit no more. You're too late. You come to tell me that He don't save no more. Too late. When I see a mighty God working in this congregation, moving in our young people, rising an older generation that wants to worship God in spirit and in truth, that tells me that a living God is amongst the people. Too late, Satan. They say, God, don't do those things no more. It's those people, excuse me, not those pupils. It's those people who won't let God into their heart. Maybe you're sitting there skeptic or a critic tonight. A disbeliever in this truth. It's you or those kinds of people that will not allow God in their heart. You hear Brother Branham say that if God could ever gain entrance to every heart in this place, there'd not be one feeble one amongst us. I wonder if there'd be, if there'd be one little bit of unbelief tonight, if there would be one bit of unbelief tonight in your heart, it's going to stop you from getting to the miraculous tonight. One bit of doubt, one bit of criticism, one bit of skepticism will stop you from getting to the miraculous. But your unbelief will never stop God. It'll just stop you. Hallelujah. You see, you've got to do exactly like Jesus did when he walked into Jairus' house. He had to kick out all the unbelievers. And you've got to kick out all the unbelief before you can ever get to the miracle. 
Before you can ever see a miracle, you've got to kick out all the unbelief. You see, a miracle is something that cannot be figured out by human mind. How many is in here is saved tonight? Look around. Everybody take a turn. Take a look around. You're looking at miracles. You believe me? I'm quoting to you the message. If you've ever saved, it's a miracle. You can't explain after all the things that you've done wrong and all the mistakes you made why God loves you, but yet God loves you. It's a paradox, but yet it's true. God so loved you that he came for you and died for you. You're a miracle tonight. Raise your hand. Confess it from your lips. I'm a miracle. Divine healing and miracles is two different things. You see, healing is a process of time, but a miracle is instantaneous. It's spontaneous. We don't seek after miracles. We don't come here church asking God for miracles. Sometimes we realize that if God don't show up and God don't do a miracle, then there's no hope. But we don't come asking God for miracles. God performs miracles. You hear Brother Branham as he's standing there in prayer lines and I'm just laying a foundation this evening for the weekend. He said, now Lord, he said, we don't ask you to do miracles, but we're asking you for an encouragement to know that God is God. Miracles are not performed by the will of man. It's by the will of God. Every time that you would hear a person or hear, hear somebody called out, it's a miracle. Just like when you read over in the Bible when Jesus is walking and he sees Nathanael coming and he said, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no guile. And Nathanael said, whence knowest thou me, Rabbi? He said, before Philip called thee, I saw you while you were sitting under the tree. That was a miracle right there. Brother Branham would say now, now he said it would, he said it wouldn't take, it wouldn't be a miracle if I would say to this person sitting here in the wheelchair, you can rise up and be healed. He said it would just be their faith acclimating to what the word says. They would be taking God's word and they would do what God's word said. But a miracle is when he searches all the way down, when there's nothing that nobody else knows about but you and God then you know it's a miracle. Why should we ever doubt? Come on, somebody. We've got no reason to have excuses. We've got no reason to doubt God, for he has manifested himself amongst us. Is that right? It's a miracle every time a vision happens and tells people what's wrong with them. But it's a healing, just like when Isaiah, when he walked up there to tell Hezekiah to make, make your life ready, you're getting ready to die. But Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he wept and he asked God for a little bit more time. He said, God, I've not, I, the, the grave can't praise you. I need a little bit more time in life to praise you. And the prophet had to turn around and go back up to Isaiah and tell him that you will not die, but you will live. 
But yet it took Hezekiah three days to regain his strength again. You see, that was a healing, not a miracle. A miracle is an instant. It's a moment. And when Christ got a hold of your life, it was a miracle. You know the road that you were walking down. You know the path that you were taking. It was taking you down a path of destruction. It was a miracle when he got a hold of your life. You know, sometimes there's times in life when you're looking for God and you're looking for God to do a miracle just like the woman with the blood issue. She'd been dealing with this issue for 12 years. She went to every physician that she could, spent every drop of money that she could to make sure to fix this problem, but her issues were never fixed. People can run the psychiatrist, but the psychiatrist and the psychologist won't fix your issue. You can run from church to church, but it won't fix your issue. You can run from pastor to pastor, but it won't fix your issue. Most of the time, the issue's with you. Hello. Hello. But here this woman was dealing with an issue that she'd battled for a long time. How many times, how many has it been in here that you've dealt with certain things? It's been issues in your life. And when Jesus came by, you didn't care who was around you. You didn't care if anybody else wasn't lifting their hands or nobody else was trying to get to Jesus. But you were doing your best to get to Jesus. You see, the woman with the blood issue was pressing. She was determining. She had a perseverance in her heart to get to Jesus. You see, she was looking for a miracle. But when you look over in the book of John chapter 4, when there's a woman coming down to a well one day, she was walking down with her water pot, but she had no idea who she was getting ready to meet. She wasn't even looking for Jesus. She wasn't even looking for Jesus, but Jesus showed up. There were some women in the Bible that were looking for Jesus, and Jesus showed up. There's some people that were not looking for Jesus, but Jesus showed up. Whether you see him tonight, he's here. You may not have came expecting to see Jesus. You may not even been wanting to see Jesus or had no idea that you see Jesus. But when Jesus shows up, he turns your past around and points you to your future. He said, if you knew who you was talking to, you'd ask for me a drink. Tonight, if you knew who was in this building, you would come running to him. She had no idea that a miracle was on her way. She'd been with five men and the one she was living with, but here was a miracle worker. And when Jesus began to tell her all of these things, she said, we're looking for that Messiah. And he said, the one you're looking for I am he. And she dropped her past. She dropped what she was digging with. What she was digging down in the well for. She dropped her past. And she ran to her future. And she ran into a city. And I find this absolutely amazing. That she ran into a city sounding off her miracle. Hello, Full Gospel Lighthouse. 
She was sounding off her miracle to a city who had watched her fall in despair, who had watched her fall in prostitution. She was sounding off her miracle. Come and see a man. Is this not the very Messiah? Was her sound matching her miracle? I would say so. If I could have a little more up here, brothers. You've been standing in a vision. You as Full Gospel Lighthouse has been standing in a vision. To be more sincere, and as Labor Day meetings were transpiring, Brother Tim Pruitt took the pulpit and he started preaching about a mamba snake. And being more sincere, Full Gospel Lighthouse walked right into a vision. Full Gospel Lighthouse, it's time that you start sounding off your victories and sounding off your miracles. You've been asking for your sons. Let them come. You're in the moment of the miraculous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christ interrupted her normal. It was just another day. It was just the same old well. It was just the same old pot. But when Jesus came, he interrupted her normal. I'd say there's some of your lives that need to be interrupted. I'd say some, there's some of our prodigals that their lives need to be interrupted. I'd say there's some of our lost loved ones that their normal needs to be interrupted. I done come too far in my prayer life to give up now. I done come too far in my praise to go down to a lower level of praise. I done come too far in my preaching to walk back. Matter of fact, I'm not going back. I'm not God. There's nothing to go back to. We are only marching forward. Christian soldiers marching as to war. Let's let nothing hold us back. If God commanded a blessing, let's receive the blessing. When Mary, that was just a little girl, stepped into the vision. When she stepped into the vision, she had just walked into her moment. She was destined to this moment. She was destined to bring forth the Messiah. That God would use her womb as an incubator. And she would bring forth a son. Boo devil. She walked into them in that moment. She walked right into it. It was her moment. When there was nobody else standing around, it was her moment. When there was nobody else to congratulate her, it was her moment. When there was no, when there was no family, when there was no anybody else that could say that they were a virgin and that they had met an angel, there was nobody else to prop her up. But she was standing there in her moment of the miraculous. Come on, somebody. 
when there was nobody else in your school that said they had the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you stood there. When nobody else wanted to do right, you did right. It was your moment. You were destined to it. There may not be nobody else that ever wants to bring forth a praise like you, but bring forth your praise. There may not be somebody else that wants to lift their hands and clap and say amen, but lift your hands. Don't be afraid to sound off your miracles. Mary walked right into the moment and the moment was bigger than she could imagine. I wonder sometimes if we walk right into those moments that we don't realize the miracle in the miracle. Are you with me this evening? When Jesus was troubled to get onto the other side of a sea because there was somebody that was over there that was needing a breakthrough. They were needing a miracle. When Jesus, when Satan swore that he would defeat Jesus, but yet Jesus stepped forth in faith and put his foot upon the brow of that boy on the bow of that boat and he spoke peace to that storm because there was somebody on the other side of that seashore that needed deliverance. And when Jesus showed up on the other side of that shore and he walked out there and there came a man by the name of Legion that was bound by thousands of demons. This was Legion's moment. The moment that he'd been looking for. He'd been drove to the graveyards, been bound by chains, bound by fear, bound by unbelief. He'd been tore apart. He'd cut himself. He had a good family, good children. But this moment was the moment that he'd been waiting for all of his life. Whoa, he was more than a man that stood on the other side of that shore. When Jesus stepped off that boat, I'd say every devil in hell started running for cover. Brother Branham said that those demons would have never went out there if Legion wouldn't have pushed his way to get to Jesus. Legion was not his name. But this man's name, maybe we could say his name was John. Maybe we could say his name, and maybe it was Susie or, or, or maybe, maybe Andrew or Alden or, or Faith or Sarah. But there was a man that needed to get to Jesus. It was in this moment that the miraculous took place. You find a man that was once bound by chains that was driven into a graveyard and in the next moment was sitting at Jesus' feet in his right mind, completely dressed. But yet you got people today that say they're Christians and they're undressing. I'd say they have not had a conversation or had a moment of the miraculous with Jesus. If you can undress and call yourself a Christian, I'd say you never had your moment. But I'd say if you did undressing and you had your moment and you started dressing like a Christian, you've had your moment. You remember the moment that he came. It wasn't nobody can talk you out of that moment. Are you with me this evening? Ain't nobody can talk you out of that moment when Jesus came. 
The Bible tells us, turn with me to John chapter 3. Give me another, another microphone. I'm tied up here. John chapter 3 and verse 1. And there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. So here's a secret believer testifying that no man can do these miracles unless God is with him. Can you hear me okay? Well, praise the Lord. I think the Biscal sisters wrote a song, There'll Be No Wires in Heaven. Hallelujah for that. But here Jesus turns. He turns to Nicodemus. And what a, what a turn. As Nicodemus is here, as he's portraying this, this, this statement to Christ, that we know that no man can do these things except God be with him. But Jesus is approaching his first doctrine. And Jesus answered him and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He says, here's Nicodemus saying, now wait a minute. Wait a minute, I'm telling you, I'm bringing to you that we know that God is with you, but you're telling me that I need to be born again. Or how can a man enter into his, in his mother's womb the second time? But Jesus said, you must be born from above. You can't understand the teachings and the preachings of this message unless you are born again. But you don't have to wait till tomorrow to understand. You can receive understanding right now. The Bible says, is there any among you that lack wisdom? Let him ask. I believe that if you are truly born again by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that you will get an understanding of this message and who Jesus Christ is. And I believe that if you are truly, if there's somebody out in denominations, that, and I believe that God is still calling from those denominations, do you believe that tonight? That God is still calling. And I believe that they, if they are his and they are elected of God, that they have to come out of those denominations and come to this message. They might have a form of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but they don't have the person. You see, because before you can have the person, you've got to have a restoration. And this word is a complete restoration of the word of God. You don't have to wait till tomorrow night service or the next service to be healed. Maybe you're sitting here and you're desiring to be healed tonight or desiring to be saved or desiring to be delivered. But you can be delivered right now. While you're, while you're sitting here, if you're desiring the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I believe that while the preaching of the word is going forth, that you can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. For the Bible says in Acts 10 and 44 that while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them. I'd say that while the preaching of the word is going forth, let him fall upon your life and change your thinking and may you have a moment of breakthrough. 
But if you get healed tonight, you weren't healed. To, you weren't healed tonight. You were healed 2,000 years ago. If you're delivered tonight, you weren't delivered tonight. You were delivered 2,000 years ago. If you get saved and get salvation, you weren't saved just now. You weren't saved at the altar 10 years ago. You were saved 2,000 years ago. When Jesus died for you at Calvary and every redemptive blessing that God has for you, Jesus said at the cross, it is finished. And everything was done and paid for. And Jesus came and took you out of the pawn shop. God came and bought you. God came and purchased you and took you out of the pawn shop. And the moment that you accept your healing or your salvation, if you're walking down the street, wherever you are, the moment you accept it, that's when you're turned around. And if God be with us, then where is it all of his miracles? 1961. He says, how are you ever going to see a miracle until you become one? Glory, a miracle of God's grace to take an unbelieving doubter and fill him with the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he can't even see the kingdom of God. If you want to see a miracle, become one. Hello. Let God work on you for first. He's got some overhauling to do, some different lenses to put over your eyes because you're blind, dead in sin and trespasses, spiritually blind, double dead, that's right. God has to give you life. Touch your eyes so that you can see and perform a miracle and make you a miracle and then you can, can, then you can see the miracle working God. That's the first thing. So if you want to see a miracle, you've got to become a miracle. Before you can see the miracle worker, you got to become a miracle. You remember when that man came to Brother Branham that was a car salesman and he told him that his wife was a Christian but he didn't want nothing to do with it. But one day while he was working as a car salesman, he had sold a car to, to two ladies and he said, I, he began to wonder, he said, now did I give that lady both set of keys to her car? And he reached down in his pocket. And when he reached down in his pocket, he pulled out a tag that had a question mark on it. And on the other side, it said, where will you spend eternity? And he threw that thing in the trash can. And he said, something said to him, that's got to be settled. He went and grabbed it and he read over it again and he threw it in the trash can. And he did it again. And he said he got so nervous and it kept saying to him, now that's got to be settled. He said, there, he said, my wife, he said, we went to, we went to Brother Billy Graham's, he went to Brother Billy Graham's meetings, and he said, I was hunting after it. And he said, I went there, and Billy Graham said, is there anybody here that would like to accept Christ as their personal Savior? Then raise your hand and accept him. He said, they took him into a room and asked him, do you accept Christ as your personal Savior? And he said, I do. He said, but it wasn't over yet. He said, there was felt like there was still something that wasn't settled yet. He said, so I went down to the Methodist, and he said, the Methodist told me that you got to get happy, and you got to get sanctified, and you got to shout before it's all over. He said, I got happy, I got sanctified and shouted. He said, but it felt like something still wasn't over. He said, then I went down to the Pentecostal group. He said, I went down there, and they asked me, have you spoken tongues yet? And he said, no, I haven't. He said then, then they told him, he said, well, it's not over. So he went into a room and the power of God, he prayed and the power of God fell on him and he began to speak in tongues. 
But he said, I felt like as if it wasn't over. He said, I went. He said, I made reconciliation for everything that I'd done wrong. He said, I gave money to preachers. I gave, I sold cars and gave cars to the evangelists and done all these things, made everything right. I tried to pay reconciliation. And Brother Branham told him, said that wasn't necessary. Because you can't pay your way into heaven. You can't work your way into heaven. Grace has already provided a way for you into glory. He said, but then they told me that I must have crossed over a line and the only one that could help me was you, Brother Branham. He said, so I came all the way here to see you, Brother Branham. Brother Branham stopped him. He said, now, he said, what they told you was the truth, but it wasn't all the truth. He said, you said that something's got to be settled and you couldn't get over that. He said, now you were going down a road this way and all at once you started back this way. You didn't care for God and you started back hunting for him. I said, right there is where you made your turn. That's exactly what changed you right there. And he said, then I've had it all the time. I said, certainly. He said, well, praise be to God. What he'd been hunting for, where he thought that he could make a way or pay his way into Calvary, he had all that time. You've been trying to fix your own problems and trying to figure a way out all this time, but when your heart turned for God, that's when you got it. That's when you made the turn. It was in that moment when that little bitty sticker, that little bitty thing, where will you spend eternity at? That's where he made the turn. You remember that moment that you started hunting after God. God built you in such a way that you would hunt after him. That there's a deep calling to the deep. He built you for that moment. He built you so that a miracle could take and transpire in your life. You've been trying to dig your own way out, but God's already made a way out. You can say, well, I'm doing my best to run from God. God's already found your hiding place. This ain't hide and go seek with God. God's already in your hiding spot. He's in your future. He's in your mind. Surely if he's in your future, he knows how to get rid of your past. You were built for moments like these. Every person sitting here knows the moment that he turned you. You see, the Bible, the Bible was never written to show us only what God had done in the past. But the Bible was written to show us who God is and what he wants to do in every generation and every walk of life everywhere on earth. God is wanting to so come and live in your life and take a hold of your life that you'll be a miracle for Christ. You're not the only church that believes in miracles. You're not the only people that call themselves message believers. There's people that call themselves believers, but yet they don't believe. 
We preach divine healing because the Bible says so, but there's also other denominations that preach divine healing. There's people that preach that God is a performer of miracles. But yet, Brother Branham would say that those people would scream out and say, well, look, we've got all of these results. We've got these results here. We get results. But yet the results never take them back to the Word. Where is your results leading you tonight? The impact of His Holy Spirit that led you to this moment Where's it leading you? Are you still coming to church just for your mama or your daddy? Or are you really coming for God? I'd say that if you're truly not coming for him, you need to allow the moment to transpire. Don't waste another moment. Don't waste another breath. May there be such a moment that transpires in your life that you know that he showed up. That you know that he showed out. It was Legion's moment. It was Mary's moment. It was all of the heroes of faith. It was their moment. But now it's your moment. Now it's your time. Somebody's going to rise up and believe. Somebody's going to rise up and say, I know that I can I will, I do believe. Would there be somebody in the house of God that said, I will be one of those. Let's stand this evening. To be continued. In moments like these, I sing out a song. I sing out a love song to you, Lord. In moments like these, I pray out a song.
Mary did was act upon what he said. That's all she did was take God at his word. And the moment that you act upon God's word, that's when the miracle happens. When you begin to take a step or a leap of faith, that's when the miracle happens. Before she ever felt a kick, she began to testify. <laughs> I'm with child. It may not look like it, but yet start confessing. It may not feel like it, but you keep on believing. I know the miracle's on the way. I know it's on the way. Because his word said that it would come to pass. Will you choose to take God at his word? There's some times when God tests your faith to really see if you believe it. But God so wants to give you a testimony that'll shake the world with it. I'd say, God, whatever you gotta do, shake this world. May Full Gospel Lighthouse have such a testimony that it'll rock and shake souls to Christ Jesus. Is that your desire tonight? Amen. Amen. Brother Matthew, as you sing this evening, as you're dismissed, we want to be in prayer for our pastor this evening as he would be preaching there in Canada. Pray for the sick and the needy that are amongst us. Come back in the house of the Lord tomorrow evening expecting a move of God. May God bless you as you go this evening. See